Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Nightmare. Good afternoon, I guess. Evening. Of course, it's the 13th, my lucky day, because I feel like shite. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper of the realm of the unknown, unexplained, unbelievable, yaddy yaddy, New England's own Van Helsink. And with me is that charismatic, gold standard, and ghost hunting Steve Parsons. You do sound down tonight. Oh, uh, I feel like crap. But it is Over. what it is. Do it. Yeah, time. I, don't, I don't screw that. You've been got <laughs> I, you've been got by the virus. I don't think so. I've been got by a cold. <laughs> yeah, that's but, that, that sounds like the virus. I had a cartoon one time when this COVID thing was all going around and uh, a guy comes in the uh, his doctor's off with an arrow to his head, and he says, well, just to be sure, we should run a COVID test. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's just to yeah. be sure what it is, we'll run a COVID yeah. test. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Man eaten by alligator. A... Yeah, man eaten by alligator test positive for COVID. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you but, should mention that. But yeah, you, just, yeah. you just described the symptoms of the new Omicron variant, so... Uh... I didn't describe any symptoms, so I'm going to be. Yeah, you said, I've got a cold. <laughs> That's true. That is true. But Absolutely. They are, they I, I are, correct this, Steve. You're wise they are the main ears. symptoms. Uh, yeah. They are the main Anyway, that's not. I've had an interesting few days. Oh, I wanted to start. All right, I'll let you. John, you gave me a good segue, too, and you just took it away from me. All right, fine. I know. I know, because you're feeling shite, so I thought. You're, so. a, you're a bastard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it's kind of relevant to what we talk about in the show because... Uh, Wait a minute, can you say bastard in the air in, in uh, the UK? I mean, how are they for their... Oh, you can say bastard. You can say whatever you the fucking hell you like. You can say shite. Oh, okay, cool. Oh, before we go any further, though, we do, and I'll get to your interesting days. Uh, we want to we wanna congratulate uh, Roy, our producer, who's having his first bambino. We do. Congratulations, Roy. Yeah, we're all excited. Well, we William. did. We did when we were off air before we came on. But. I know, but we want to do it yeah. publicly because we I want know. everyone to share his joy. And the pain of having to bring up a little and <laughs> they don't come with instruction books. You know, and, uh, you know, I In gave fact, a good we name. Had a, we had a knock on the door this very day. Um, yes. From somebody complaining that one of my one of my little treasures tried to um, throw himself under the postal truck. Oh, okay. Is he Superman? Or, I mean, really? No, he was he was catching Pokemon at the time and oh, basically, yeah. Okay. Anyway, back to my interesting week because I, you know, the boys are on holiday. It's Easter week here in the UK. Well, it's Easter week here everywhere in the world, but yeah. that that's one of the weird things. Easter. We know when Jesus was born, but the Christian church can't figure out when he died. All they know is that... Do we really know when he was born, though, Steve? Well, no, we don't, but... But at least we fixed the date in the the calendar is December the 25th. Yeah, 
Yes. But Easter, it's like, what is it? The first full moon after the third Sunday of... Like, it's like they went yeah. back after after they'd nailed him to the cross and went, when did you do that? Oh, I don't know. It was a sun. It was... Oh, it was oh, we a, did Oh, yeah, I remember it was a Sunday and there'd been a full moon on the Thursday because we went to the pub. And... And there was there was lots of lots of bunnies running around, so I don't. Yeah, know. yeah, we had some we had some there was some chocolate. And... Anyway, because it's Easter week, I dug out my old shortwave radio. Get out! And I thought I'll you know pass the time. I'll have a listen around see if there's anything still out there. And I'd been Is reading it? an I'd been reading an article about um, a, uh, this extraordinary antenna array in Monticello, Ooh. Maine. This is supposed that. to be the world's largest. Is that really a place? Yeah, Monticello. It's in Maine. Uh, are you sure? I, I thought 100%. Monticello was Jefferson Davis's. Uh, I'm a hundred percent sure. This is the little town of Monticello in Maine. Okay. But there is this extraordinary um, long, uh, high, you know, HF shortwave yep. antenna array that's mm-hmm. steerable. It's the most powerful one in North America. Wow. Um, so is that, where, is that where Trump sent his t- tweets out? No. Oh, so okay. <clears throat> I thought, I wonder how powerful it is. So I found the radio station. It was WB. The, it was. It's actually owned by this extraordinary guy who founded Radio Caroline, and um, it, it's kind of Alan Weiner, I think his name is. And he, <laughs> Wiener. Sorry. He, yeah. He said yeah talking to an, <laughs> talking to an American, aren't I? Uh, carry on. Anyway. So I, I tuned around the bands to see, I wonder if I can, you know, will the signal come across the Atlantic from, from this, this antenna array? This is interesting. And I picked up the antenna, I picked up the signal from, and at, the, at that, they broadcast their, their light, you know, they're a commercial broadcaster and they'll broadcast anything. Um, and they have a schedule. And it just turned out that. Or a schedule, as we say. At the time they were, I finished this without being interrupted. <laughs> I don't think it happened. Yeah, that's never going to happen. Sorry, yeah, you, can, you can tell. Yeah, I'm in a mood. I'm sorry, Steve. You you do make yeah. me happy. That's, that's all that matters. I know. <laughs> it just reminds me of that email that we had a few weeks ago, you know, from the guy that said, um, Yeah, good for him. How he likes listening to me, and then you just keep interrupting. Well, I'll tell him to go listen to uh, West Radio, and then he can listen to you all the time. Except I don't do that now, except once or four times a year. No, um, yes, what were you saying anyway? You, you, you were anyway, able to get... <laughs> I, I, at the time, by, by coincidence, at the time that they were broadcasting to the United Kingdom in English, uh, the station was broadcasting the output from a station called WLC. And after a while, I, I, I was listening to it, and I thought, world's last chance radio now they have a website you can while while i talk you 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 world's last chance radio 
they're based in they're based over your side of the pond and they broadcast to the world from Maine, from Monticello, Maine. And it was one of those good old fashioned world is going to end. You've got to turn to Yahweh. Bible prophecy says I haven't heard one of them for years. And uh, I stayed for the full hour. It was it was very enlightening. That exciting. Yeah. Well, they came up in that one hour. They they explained aliens. Uh, they predicted the next end of the world and a sweet and why the last end of the world prophecies had failed. And it's Ooh. all down to Yahweh and the Bible. And um, and they they've got a whole website there full of this this biblical prophecy stuff and merch. You can buy merch. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it, go go take a look at it. It's it's one of those really good old fashioned, you know, thought. I thought they'd all gone. I thought the days of these world transmitting, you know, I mean, there are the yeah. religious stations. Um, you know, there's still a few of them kicking about. But yeah, it was it yeah. was an interesting. It's been an interesting week uh, scanning around the shortwave. Yeah. Huge number Play, of wait, wait, uh, Plato. Plato is the founder, founding father of modern you found Christianity. Them, then. You yep. found them then. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> uh, well, the the rest of the band. This is cool. It, yeah, yeah, but the rest of the the rest of the shortwave band is is just as cool. Not for the religious stuff and the end of the world, but the amount of. Um, propaganda stations you've got the chinese attacking the west you've got yeah. the west attacking the chinese you've got the ukrainians and russians on air um having to go at one another you've got jamming stations you've got the good old number stations are all still out there you know who was who was the nazi uh uh woman that used to broadcast nazi woman i know there was lord Hawhaw. No, there was a woman yeah, that uh, I forget what the hell her name was, but she used to broadcast to the troops, telling them how useless it was and how bad the war was going for them. Well, it's all still going on at the moment. Um, you've got um, you've got Ukrainian stations broadcasting to Russia with stuff about the POWs and, and uh, telling the Russian mothers to uh, stop sending their sons to their deaths you've got the russian radio stations saying that uh, they're there to save save ukraine and make ukraine part of russia you've got jamming stations trying to jam one another's transmissions you've got the chinese uh, news stations there's there, there must be about 50 chinese funded stations um, <laughs> beaming their message of um goodwill to all oh, around the nice. world um voice of america is still out there you'll be pleased to hear oh good but it was a, it's been an interesting you know an interesting kind of week um but the discovery of wor world's last chance radio um was a real breath of fresh air because i thought the cuckoos had all long since flown and it's nice to see that they're still out there, still spreading the word that we have. You know, they're a bit like the um, the oil protesters. You know, we've got five minutes to save the planet, and um, every 
well, it's 10 years, isn't it, since Al Gore started the, uh, well, 20 years since Al Gore said we've got five years and mm-hmm. they keep extending it. But they're Axis all Sally there. is her name, by the way. Axis Sally. Axis, I don't know that one. I know Lord, we had Lord Haw Haw. Excuse me? <laughs> Google him then. Google him then. Lord Haw Haw. Six World War Two propaganda Axis Sally, number one, Millard, Mildred Gillar. Let's see if he's on here. Uh, Lord, ha ha, William yeah. Joyce. The, the, William the, Joyce? The, 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 the guy, the guy, the William Joyce, the author? No. no. Oh, okay. <clears throat> anyway, we hung him as a traitor. He was British. He did? Worked for the Nazis, and at the end of the war, we caught him and we hung him. Well, that's not nice. Oh, it's Hanged what he on January, January 1946. Yeah, that's what he deserved. Local wow. to me, born born in the uh, same part of the world that I was. Really? Yeah. Axel Sally only got 12 years. She had a nicer voice than Lord Haw Haw. Germany calling. Germany calling. That's because she was a woman, right? It's probably it. I've got, I had some recordings of Lord Haw Haw on tape somewhere with his very famous. Very famous Germany calling, Germany calling. And then he would go on and tell the news from Germany. That's so sweet. It's, you know, we, in the internet connected age that we live in, where we think that social media is, well, it is, it's, it's the key means of, of communicating messages and trying to influence people and putting forward um, your your propaganda message. Well, that's what they but are, basically. But but let me finish up this list, thing. Steve. I want to finish up this list. Tokyo Rose was the other one. Yeah, I buy it at Togari. Yeah, Tokyo Rose. Uh, this one I've never heard of. Septon Delmere. No. Uh, the head of uh, Maestro of Britain's Black Propaganda Radio Programs. No, don't ring any bells. Mm, interesting. Uh, and Philippe Henriot uh, is another one. Felipe. Yeah, Felipe. Yeah, don't yeah. know. Did with the Vichy French. He was with the Vichy French. And one last one, Fred Kaltenbach. Uh, he was an early propagandist. Uh, huh, interesting. All right, sorry about that. I just get carried away once I've gotten the, something I'm interested yeah. in. Yeah, destroy destroy the flow of the show. But there we are. There was a flow to this. I'm sorry, I didn't see it. Well, there was because I was talking about the internet. And, but I, yes, tell think, us about the internet, Steve. No, what pontificating is what you were doing? I'm allowed to. Yes, you I'm are. A co-host. Yes, you are. Well, my I was I was going on to say that whilst we think and it in fact is true that the internet is the primary. Uh, way that we propagate our propaganda it's kind of refreshing and a little bit unusual to discover that the radio waves are still a such an important part of um the the propaganda machine the way that they they only recently uh, and what started my you know why why i dug the radio out in the first place and dusted it down and was that the uh, the good old BBC World Service which has all but stopped really? Um, 
yeah, they, the, the the way it used to operate mm-hmm. uh, has has all but stopped now because it was financially not worth it. They could use they could use social media. But when the Ukraine war started, there was a news article saying that the BBC World Service was going to start beaming uh, a Russian language service for the first time in about a decade uh, to to give the news to the Russians, who, of course, were under a media blackout uh, due to uh, Putin's activities. He blocked all Western media. So the BBC had fired up the BBC World Service transmitters and were beaming the news in Russian language. I thought, I wonder if if I could pick it up. Hmm. And then gradually, oh, well, I wonder, oh, I was, and in the search for that, I discovered that antenna in Maine, and then I discovered World's Last Chance Radio. But it was a fascinating hour because it was, you know, at the end of the hour, the way that they present the argument, you find yourself being drawn by what they're saying and the way they're saying it. And you start to realize the power of speech, the power of radio and the influence it does have because, you know, they're, they're quoting, you know, when you read something, it, it has some impact, but when somebody tells you something, the it's more impactful and you start to, I don't know, you start to change, not change your mind, but, pay more attention to what they're saying mm-hmm. and uh radio is still a very powerful medium so i want to ask you about this because i mean i i remember when i first bought this house i had this huge huge radio it was a giant tube console thing it probably stood about four foot tall it had giant speakers in it you could get all kinds of bands from all over the world <laughs> uh the guy that the person who used to have it used to listen to Polish radio on it because he was Polish, but you could get like airplane pilots talking mm-hmm. and everything else. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I threw it away, but that's another story. Uh, so, isn't there some uh, paranormal stuff with, with radio? Well, yeah, or... because one of the things that I have had been doing most uh, some evenings is I'm sure you've read a very famous book uh, called The Ghost of Twenty Seven Megacycles. So, this this basically you know, read John, all those books. John Fuller wrote the book. He also wrote the Ghost of Flight Four Hundred One and the Airman Who Wouldn't Die. Um, but the Ghost of Twenty Seven Megacycles is actually a kind of EVP thing. It's based on some EVP research um, that suggests that if if you know if you tune to twenty seven megacycles megahertz as it's now mm-hmm. uh megacycles was the old um way of the, seeing it okay. that you would hear the voices of the dead Ooh. now 27 megacycles 27 megahertz is is now the public citizens radio band um for the uk for the usa for europe australia um or it's it's very close to the citizens radio band but nevertheless i thought um it's it's about 500 kilohertz 500 kilocycles away from um citizens radio but each night for a couple of hours when i'm working on the computer i'd i've fired up the radio and i've left it tuned to 27 megacycles Mm -hmm. and so far just got a headache from the <laughs> noise. So it's like the hack shack then. 
No, 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 no. It's just the it's just the the static. It doesn't do that nasty chattering because it's not scanning. The, it's just fixed on you, one band, of course. Do you remember the old T? Well, you're probably too young for this. Do you remember the old TVs? There were tube TVs, and they would actually go off, go off, go off, go off the air, and they would have the the thing go on and everything. The uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, those were good old days. You know, back in the days, we had three channels, and when you turned off, well, it ended with the national anthem. Yes. And then when you turned the television off, it went to a little dot in the middle of the screen. Yeah. Which gradually faded over the next 20 years. <laughs> but no, I mean, it's, it's funny. It sort of rekindled a lot of memories of radio. And, um, you know, I was remembering, you know, as I said, the World Service had fired up the, I got the radio out, found World, uh, WLC. Whilst I was there, I also recalled uh, the ghost of 27 megacycles mm-hmm. um, and thought, oh, well, that's got to be something. I'll flip the radio. So that's it. When it's in standby mode, um, you know, it, it just tunes to 27 megacycles. Oh, and it's just on in the background. You know, after a few minutes, you do forget the headache. I was only, um, but after a few minutes, you, you, you sort of ear tunes out the, the white noise anyway. Um, and so far, I haven't heard anybody communicating. And of course, so, the Citizen Radio Band is, is dead in the UK anyway. Nobody's on it anymore. Let me ask you this, or, or riddle me this. I mean, we all know about radio waves and uh, uh, light wave, uh, light. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, the electromagnetic spectrum. Thank you, thank you. And and there have been reports where where voices from the past have showed up on uh, different radios, like uh, yes, there has. Yeah, it's. I mean. It's not necessarily paranormal, is it? Or is uh, it? No, no, it's not. Um, well, depends on what what the particular Your definition of paranormal. Is. Well, no, it depends on on the particular set of circumstances. Oh, okay. I mean, for example, um, Roosevelt's speech that he gave um, the last year he was in office, mm-hmm. which he gave. Uh, over the radio announcing, um, you know, announcing whatever the, that's still, that's still out there. That's still Bouncing beaming around. its way. You know, it's now what, 74 year, 74 light years away and traveling because once you create an electromagnetic wave, it is, it travels in infinitesimally and infinitely. Uh, it just gets weaker and weaker and weaker but it's still theoretically detectable. That's why Hubble can see the light of stars from billions of years ago, because when you create the electromagnetic wave, so the War of the Worlds radio transmission made by H.G. Wells is now 80-something light years away. And if you have a receiver sensitive enough, it would be um pick upable that's not a good word but that's all right could... it's a right now, to go with it but but people have said that um to some extent that some of these older transmissions that are picked up by um 
amateur radio um, radio hams that seem to be from the 1930s or the 1940s. Um, if they've they've speculated that these radio waves have just been bouncing around inside the atmosphere trapped by our ionosphere for a length of time. Um, and theoretically, so it's possible that that uh, you know a radio when a, when somebody transmits a radio on their radio ham radio in Australia, it takes several seconds for it to be picked up in Europe or North America because it has to bounce off the ionosphere and then back off the yeah. planet, then off the ionosphere and and it can actually there is there are two ways that you could receive a signal from Australia. You could receive what's called the short path, um, which is point your antenna in the direction that Australia is nearest. But you've also got what's called long path radio reception, where you point it basically the opposite way and pick up the you know the signal that's gone the long way round round the huh. earth to to reach you. Um, and this. You can actually, if you have a shortwave radio, you can you can see this uh, idea in practical use. There are um, a number of what are called over-the-horizon OTH radar systems that are used by China, by Russia, by by NATO, particularly North America, um, and they use very low frequencies in order to be able to send these radio waves, these radar waves, uh, over the curvature of the Earth to see what's, you know, beyond the range. And you hear them on shortwave radio because they're the frequencies they're using. And you hear these woodpecker noises, these these buzzes and whirring noises, and they are these over-the-horizon radars. Yeah, and I'm getting actually some signals right now. It looks like we are now coming up to the break. That's so, why I paused. Uh, are they from the past or are they from the future? Interesting. Anyways, it depends, on, it depends on whether Texas is in the future or in the past. Well, it'll be in my, I'm in their future, right? Because you're in you're my in future. Their future. Yeah. Well, unless we, face, unless we turn 180 degrees about. Oh, yeah, then it's a mess. Anyways, you're listening to Ghost Chronicles uh, International with Steve Haas and Ron Kolick right here on Tojanet Parrax Radio. And we're all good podcasts are kept. Uh, brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 386 Merrimack Street, Bethune, Massachusetts, and the Gallant Messier Family Law Group, 15 High Street, North Andover, Massachusetts. And our super-duper good friends on Ghost Chronicles Radio on Patreon, members of the... Uh, Dead, dead, air. Air dead Air Society, which is my head is Could dead be the Dead right Parrot now. Society. Dead Parrots. Oh, yeah, that, that's that's John Cleese. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was cool. Anyways, Members of the Dead Parrot Society. That works too. But uh, yeah, Dead, dead Air Society. Yep. Anyway. That's a film. Yep. We got to go. Uh, we'll be right back after the following messages. Welcome to Toginet, 
Radio with a cutting edge. Do you have a paranormal event, book, or something else you want people to know about? Then why not advertise it on Ghost Chronicles Radio? With over 150,000 downloads a month, get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject. We have a plan at a cost that fits your needs. For more information, contact Ron Kolick at anyghostproject at comcast.net or call 978-455-6678. The creepy and the kooky, mysterious and spooky, they all talk ugly kooky, the Parax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal, the Parrax family. They're strange, deranged, unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew, it's time to rendezvous. As we give awards to the Parrax family. tonight's uh, two-part Ghost Chronicles edition. This is the International to be followed by The Next Generation. And tonight we're back on our favourite mind-bending, um, head-screwing, head-messing, time-distorted. What are you doing? Oh, I had to warm my tea up in the microwave. Oh, I'm glad you're back. Because... I Did I confuse we you? T- yeah. We were talking about about radio waves, but it kind of plays back into what we were talking about, about uh, time slips and time and trying to get our heads around time the last couple of episodes. Because, you know, you're trying to explain to somebody that Roosevelt's radio message is still out there, H.G. Wells' War of the World, Harry Price's very first only live radio broadcast from a haunted house in 1936 is still out there it's still in the airwaves in the ether Hmm. radiating you know there are the aliens 80 something light years away will be able to listen to it with sensitive equipment yeah just like in uh, uh galaxy quest yeah even us even all our old radio shows are all out there now, just heading off into interplanetary space. Yeah, I heard we're really popular on Venus. Uh, what's Venus? Is that hmm? now that'd be about three weeks' episodes ago? Yeah, probably. No, it's eight minutes to the sun, isn't it? Eight sun is eight light minutes away. Oh, Venus light is okay, I was going to say eight minutes to the sun. What are you talking about? Yeah, like, no, oh. it's only eight light minutes to the sun. So yeah. Venus, yeah, they're probably just getting about the middle of, well, we're just coming to the ad break on Venus. Yeah. 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 So, it's what it is. But you, you, you posed something before about old communications, and there's a there's an old ghost story that, that I, I remember. And it was told by, um, well, I, I got a first-hand version of it. Um, way 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 back and it was um took place in 
an old RAF, an old wartime bomber command airfield that's still in use by the Royal Air Force today. And they were on duty one night. It was a dark winter's evening and the radio crackled into life with an old call sign and an aircraft requesting permission to land. Now, this took place, this is uh, supposed to have taken place in the 19, uh, late 1970s. The, air, the aircraft was responded to and was given permission to land. They assumed that perhaps it was one of the Royal Air Force Memorial Flight aircraft. Um, what are those, Steve? This was a Lancaster bomber. No, what, what are those flights you were talking about? Oh, the Memorial Flight. These are just old yeah. aircraft maintained by the Royal Air Force for public demonstrations. Oh, okay. All right. Because yep. um, you know, a lot of they, people on the side of the pond didn't know what that was. So, yeah. They they presumed it was it was you know um, the Lancaster bomber from the Memorial flight. They cleared it to land, and um, landed did, and it taxied into the dispersal. And as it shut down its motors, it disappeared. Really? But the interesting part is was there sound and everything? Yeah, apparently. Hmm. Um, but the interesting part is the radio calls, because. The radio sets that the, they were using in the 1970s were, of course, VHF radio sets. And the sets that they were using in the 1940s were on a different frequency. And were, um, but the radio in the control tower, the VHF radios, picked up the call sign from this Lancaster bomber. When they, to, to finish the story, when they checked the serial number of the aircraft, or the call sign serial number of the aircraft, they discovered that it matched one of another of a Lancaster bomber that had crashed on, uh, been damaged on a raid over Germany and had crashed some eight, eight to ten miles short of that aerodrome in World War Two. Oh, wow. So maybe the bomber maybe. did make it home. Finally no. made it home. Yeah. Or, or, you know, the story itself is often associated with a time slip. But there, we so. but there we have this interesting aspect of the time slip in that it became fully interactive. The radio receivers, which were incapable of picking up the frequencies of uh, that were in use in the 1940s, oh. were working and picking up the radio frequencies in the 1970s. And they were able to effect two-way communication with the bomber. You know, the bomber requested permission to land. It was responded to and permission was given and acknowledged by the pilot or the radio operator uh, on the aircraft. So it was it a time slip? So, <coughs> excuse me. Um, I don't know. Is that, you know, some of the, they have these things out now they call portals and stuff that they are supposed yeah, to yeah. open up. Yeah. Is. Stargate real? No, I'm not going to ask you. So, yeah, but I mean, it goes to that. They have this actually a device called a portal. They have several of them, but, uh, you know, is the, the theory know. behind them, the theory behind them any good? Not no, just, because the the portal i i did an article of, 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 on this very subject a couple of, uh, oh, just just, great, just great. 
just recently because the these paranormal portals are just renamed frank's boxes evp oh, boxes God, i know they they are they are exactly in fact in many cases they are exactly the same item um that have just been renamed it's now popular not to call them evp devices but to call them paranormal portals okay oh, bless us so they they're not a portal in the sense that um you were referring to mm-hmm. these are just a new sales pitch a new marketing thing um, the same old thing it's they are in fact the same old devices and in some cases they are exactly the same old devices just rebadged uh, yeah and, i mean and, and the terminology you know they're referred to as portals the same as you know we've managed to rebrand some of the phenomena steve i you know i, I don't mind you know people thinking uh, outside the box and try to come up with ideas for doing different things and but then you get and and you know i love these devices too so oh, I I know I you could, have, yeah I, yeah I, so yeah. i mean why do we have like you look at some of them now and it's they get they, they throw in like a plasma light on it they throw blinking lights on it they throw like why the hell do you need all that crap what what are you trying to say just make it look cool or do you want something that's really gonna you know that you can you can test your theories with uh, instead of a bunch of blinking lights plasma things that they have well let's let's, let's look at some of make it know, look like a coffin wait a minute you got to make it look like a coffin too well sure. Ste- steampunk retro is very popular with the likes of um uh the, the whole, i won't name the names of the makers uh, uh, that are popular um uh, but they 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 have they have their websites and they have their facebook mm-hmm. pages where you can buy these things uh, and they're extraordinarily expensive for what they are. I mean, oh, yeah. you're talking about to make ten dollars to buy hundred hundreds hundreds of really? dollars. Hundreds, an, really? An Ovilus three, an Ovilus three now changes hands no, second hand for nine hundred and fifty dollars. Go figure. Anyway, but the late the latest designs are, as you say, retro steampunk gothic so they've got all the uh you know they're coffin shaped um or they have retro steampunk you know gearing on them uh they have the addition of um there's one i will name um because you know he's one of the um the leading uh so a bit of publicity won't do him any any harm uh you know huff paranormal steve huff boxes um his incorporate uh, in addition to the guitar effects pedals, uh, LED Christmas lights, copper wiring, and quartz crystals all sort of intertwined into the um, uh, the casing of it. There's no explanation, really. It's purely visual. You know, the, the mm. thing lights up like a Christmas, like some sort of demented Christmas decoration. Um, and it's adorned with new age paraphernalia and symbology in that you've got bare crook, uh, copper wire um, wrapped around quartz crystals and um, amethyst crystals and and these are uh, you know, sort of roughly strung like an antenna around the device in fact the copper wire is is to an extent used as an antenna 
But the inclusion of crystals and the steampunk retro gothic symbology of the devices, you know, a lot of them are just laser cut out of uh, or 3D printed, um, you know, to to for effect. It's pure visual. It's theatre. And that's what a lot of these devices, you know, you even look at the likes of the, the different pods that are on the market. Um, mm. And if you look at the design of them and the way that the lights do stuff, um, they are pure theatre. Because when you're when you run a public event or when you're doing your Facebook ghost hunt, you need visuals. True. You, so true. you need you need something to look at. Um, it doesn't matter what the communication is. You've got to capture the audience's attention. Um, the maglite experiment is similar. You know, it works better with two. It works better with two if one's a different color and. You know, these are these visual games are what hooks the audience and keeps their attention and allows you what, you know, do you remember the old lore of magic, isn't it? You know, distract them. Distract them, yeah. <laughs> keep them keep them occupied with theatre and lights and buzzers and all the other. So if they do a serious investigation, they actually use those? Yes, they do. Sadly. Well, I'm sorry. They call it a serious investigation. They call these things experimental. But in, in reality, they are theatre. And they are not dissimilar theatre, you're going to love this bit, to what is done in, for example, the red light seance. With yeah. these various things in jam jars suspended from the ceiling with bells and keys and lights and but that, they're all part of the theater. It, it, in a way, need, it is, Steve. But but you got to remember this. too that, that 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 what we're studying is physical mediaship, and that's where objects. Yeah, but look at look move. at the items that are chosen, and they they are. It's not dissimilar to the keys. To, so it rattles if it makes noise. I mean, it's it's not like totally. There's no yeah, the Christmas crap. lights. The Christmas lights. What Christmas lights. But... There's no Christmas lights in it. The little not, twinkly not light. The, the little. Anyway, what anyway. the point I'm making is like like religion, there is a point. Okay. That there is a point because this goes back a long time before spiritualism. This goes back to religion. You look mm. at the amount of theatre and symbology and visual magic that's that's used in religious ceremonies to hold the attention of the audience the participants set and this that same uh, visual theater was carried through by the early uh, seance exponents the davenports and the fox sisters this use of lighting subdued lighting this use of cabinets with curtains and drapery and special effects but weren't, weren't they invented by the the debunkers the the spirit cabinet the medium cabinet whatever you want to call it no 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 because it was exploited it doesn't matter who who invented it it was exploited by the protagonists 
the mediums took to the cabinets because it was a great way of hiding what they were doing. And they used lights. They used flashing lights done with phosphor on their fingers and mm-hmm. match, match stalks in order to distract the audience. Now, didn't Houdini make the bell box, which is basically a visual yes, aid? Yes, he for, did. To do yes, that. he did, because Houdini was a magician and he understood magic and he understood the need to distract your audience and a lot of these devices these pods these magic spirit boxes these portals they all do the same thing they have the theater of steampunk and coffin you know the the laser cut coffin shape uh, yeah. the flashing lights they they are part of the theatre of the occult, of the paranormal. And that carries through into the public investigations and the ghost hunts where they're the added layer to carry the audience along with you to allow the words of, of the seance but, leader. But did, wait, wait, didn't, didn't Harry Price use devices to the thing, like powder on the floor and... And that's other not, that, things no, like no, that. no, no, no. Powder on the floor is not used for mag- magical purposes or to distract. It's used to well, detect. Well, no, you because you don't agree with it, what it is no, you're calling no, magical no, purposes. No, so people no, no. might people might seriously believe in what they're no, doing. There. Price Price invented a series of devices. Exactly. Like, so what's the difference between Price's devices and and the Huff devices? Because the audience didn't see Price devices. They were predominantly hidden from the participants. For example, with the glove, the electric gloves and uh, overshoes that, that yep. participants yep. wore, the the indicated display board that was part of it, the lights and the buzzers, were, t- were in a, a separate room from the participants. They were there to show the experimenters who had slipped the the their hand or foot from the glove or from the the overshoe they weren't there for the benefit of the audience the sprinkling of talcum powder or the drawing of a chalk circle around objects wasn't there for the benefit of the participants it was there for the benefit of the investigators the difference now is with the if you have um if you're doing electronic voice phenomena research you need a radio you have a, a radio, you have a recorder, um, they have lights, they have dials, they have, but they're there to show you what the device is doing. If you if you then make them part of the theater by drawing attention to them. So I don't understand. What's the difference between what you're saying and, and what you're saying? Is, is it's what very the drawing simple. It's, it's how it's, it's used? Who, is that what you're no, saying? No, it's who it's intended for. It's well, how do you know they're intent? I don't understand that. I mean, if, if you well, use if that you look same at, device of a, a th- private investigation, for instance, wouldn't that be uh, what was wrong with that than Harry Price's devices? An, an awful lot. Price's devices were there to tell him the temperature, to tell him who had slipped a hand or a foot out of restraint, to tell him. Um, you know, Driving around an object is what? It's, it's, to tell it's, him if the object had moved. Mm-hmm. A bowl now, of mercury to tell him if there was any vibrations. So some of these things do that. 
if no, you get a, uh, a geophone and put a geophone down and you can tell if there are vibrations. Yeah. That's right. You could if you were using it as an experimental device. But when you adorn it with retro steampunk crystals, mm -hmm. copper wire. Oh, I agree with you there. You're not going to get any buzzers, And then you yeah. get every everybody in the room to focus on the device itself and say, can you make it move? Can you make the lights flash? Can you? What you are doing is you are turning that device into a, a part of the theater. Didn't Harry Houdini conduct seances? Of course, Houdini conducted seances. Okay. And he would so have used theater. it. So they're theater. They're theater, according to you. Of course they are, according to me, because Houdini knew exactly what he was doing. Houdini was a magician. The difference between me taking, me taking a... Didn't Price use them? Did Price use seances? Yes. Yes, he did. Yeah. But... He didn't draw so the audience's attention. He thought it was a legitimate form of. of, of uh, I didn't say. I didn't say it wasn't. I've never said doing a séance wasn't. You asked me what 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 was the I difference got that. between. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Price was using the tools to extract information. He wasn't using the tools as a centerpiece of his show. He wasn't using the device and drawing people's attention to the lights and the buzzers to say, I want the spirit to do that. That's the spirit doing that. Mm -hmm. He wanted to know who was cheating, who was manipulating, who was playing games. But the modern investigators, when they take the public out to um, a location, they draw attention to the device. Now, you saw me do exactly that at uh, for Constellation. Constellation. Constitution. 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 Where I set up two mag lights. Now, both of those lights were identical, except I'd used one red one and one blue one. And I did that for visual uh, effect to draw people's attention because that was a public investigation and we, well, that was a public ghost hunt and we wanted to put on some theater for the participants for the audience i wanted them to pay attention to the mag light if i just used an ordinary mini mag light with a white bulb in it it would have held their attention for maybe two or three minutes but i added a second layer Two and the colors, second yes and the second layer was will the spirits prefer red or will the spirits prefer blue because i'm using theater in order to be able to hold the audience's attention because those people had paid money and i was using the time um to demonstrate the maglite and we had a certain amount of time that i had to fulfill and a white light would not wouldn't have worked for that length of time so we added a layer of theater to it that's that's what the amateur investigators are doing every week after week after week with these devices they are not there investigating we were not investigating for constitution we were taking a group of people round giving and them public we were entertaining them mm -hmm. exactly um with a paranormal twist mm -hmm. we, we weren't we weren't portraying it as a real in fact but i said at you, the start you of know, the evening 
that this you is know, not a and real I investigation. Know, you know and I know that people are going to believe what they're going to believe. Now, you you demonstrated that at SpurQuest when yeah. Jeff Belanger had his uh, yeah. broke, broken yeah. game there. And, and yeah. you explained it and everything else. And people just discounted what you said because they wanted to believe it. Uh, Sir Arthur Conning Doyle uh, overlooked certain That's right. uh, uh, things because he wanted to believe yeah. what he wanted to believe. Yeah, but I knew that when we started. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I knew that there would be people there. Because you cannot change people's minds if they are. But what you can what you can do and what we did do is offer them an alternative point of view, whether they choose to accept that point of view and whether they choose to accept that. The alternative that I had explained that you can make the, the, the stick figure ghost appear if you move the camera there and point it here and look, have a go for yourself. I can't make somebody change their mind, but I can give them the tools with which they can critically think about things. So this is what your guidance notes are all about then, right? Yeah, that's what all that's the principle of what what everything I, I, I now do, which is to give people the tools. I don't give I can't make people investigate and i always say at the start of everything i do and i said it at fort constitution and i said it i say it at ghostology and it says it in the guidance notes these are not hard and fast rules these are foundations of good practice you have to choose to use them if you wish you can throw them in the trash if you want to but I've provided you with the tools. And at the start of Constitution, I said, certainly to my group, well, it was both groups because I had both groups during the evening, yes, that this is, this is in no way a real investigation. But what we are going to do is show you some of the methods that are employed. And at the end of the double mag light, the red-blue mag light, I explained how the mag light trick is done by winding the back out and making the light flash. So I didn't leave people believing that that the spirits were flashing the lights. I gave them the information, whether they chose even yet. If there was some, if there were people there that chose to believe that the spirits flashed the lights yet, even when we did the hatchet inside the keeper's house, you yeah. were a little taken back with that too, as as something that was part of a public ghost town, and the results were a little interesting. You mean when the myself and coast the coast guard radio officer, um, mm-hmm. we had a hack shack running, mm-hmm. and there was which was on a public ghost town, by the way. Well, we were. There's nothing unusual. Th- strange things happen on public ghost hunts too, exactly. you know. Exactly. That's, that's and my I say, point I was getting at, I guess. And didn't didn't I say at the, at the precursor? But you, whilst whilst we are not doing an investigation because we can't because there are twenty people here, but we are in a location where people have had unusual experiences, including members of the Coast Guard. Strange things may happen, and if they do, tell us about it, please, and we will mm. document them. And during during one of the sessions, 
whilst an EVP radio hatchack device was running, a voice came through that seemed very different and very unusual. And the the voice was saying things that seemed to interact with, respond to the questions that were being asked out aloud. Mm-hmm. At the end of the session, I spoke to the Coast Guard radio officer. I didn't know he was a radio officer at the time, but his job, um, I think he was a, a lieutenant, um, his job was to, he was an, a radio operator for the US Coast Guard. And I said to him, what did you as a professional make of that? Because it certainly sounded to me that it was responding. And he said, um, if I if I didn't know any better, and I don't, he said, it sounded to me like somebody was communicating. Right. Now, yeah, that impre- We're and, down the and, end of the show, kid. I know. And uh, we've got time for a final word. But uh, unfortunately, there was a topic I wanted to break out because I've been doing a lot of research on sea monsters and lake monsters, and they came up with some interesting stories that I wanted to talk about, but uh, well, that's next week's show sorted out. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, yeah. So we, we've got to say goodbye now. So we'll end it with the ooh, wait a minute, the last word. So today's last word is brought to you by. If I can put the light on so I can actually see it, it might help. <laughs> and the letters O and P and the number seven. Yes. The uh, last word is brought to us by Humphrey Bogart. We said I should have never switched. From scotch to martinis. And that's the last word. Goalies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us good love.